you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what is up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here alongside my guys, MG, my boy, Marcus Grant, the whiz kid from Wisconsin behind the glass, and the huff. As, uh, I think that's how <laughs> Matt Money Smith uh, refers yeah, to Yeah, I get confused. I don't know if he's talking about David Hasselhoff, who was, oh, by the way, in London for the Dolphins-Jets game. Oh, look at that tie-in. I wonder if he sang that songs or, you know, ran out on the field in a uh, I don't know that the English watch. I don't know that the English love him the same way the Germans do. <laughs> yeah, the, he's a big He is kind Germany. of a god in Germany. Germans yeah. love Hasselhoff, which yeah. I don't understand it, but it's okay. Uh, okay. You're, again, you're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. By the way, we do have a show on NFL Network. Uh, it airs at 2 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific or 5 <laughs> Excuse me, I got that backwards. 5 p.m. <laughs> Eastern, 2 p.m. There you go. Uh, on NFL Network, it's a fabulous show. Um, we'll get to daily daps, but uh, but for sure I'll be dapping the show at some point here. But, uh, but yeah, so no, watch the show. If you're on the West Coast DVR, it's a fantastic program. You get a lot of great information. And, uh, and from what I could tell, I've seen a lot of the other fantasy programs out there. I, I feel very confident in saying ours is the best. Agreed. Yeah. I feel very, very confident saying that. And Anyways, we, we come at it every single day from every possible angle. Oh, my and, gosh. There's no stone unturned. And if you haven't checked out our content team with Alex and Marcus and Matt Franciscovich. What are you Matt guys Harmon, doing? Dude, these guys are amazing with what they're rolling out there on NFL.com. So make sure you check uh, out. First of all, they're machines. These guys are machines. They just pump out content like They're it's content cyborgs. Our content monkeys is the term Marcus <laughs> likes to use. NFL.com slash fantasy uh, to check out their great content. All right, man. we got a great uh, show in front of us here. We're going to talk about Monday night. We're going to get to your top headlines, including Andrew Luck, Des Bryant. Uh, we're going to reevaluate some running back depth charts. So we're going to take a look in Atlanta, Denver, uh, and in St. Louis as well, Houston as well. And then, of course, we'll get to your top waiver wire. It is Tuesday, so we got to get to your top waiver wire ads. 
How much should we trust in Tavon Austin? We'll try to answer that. And then, of course, we'll get to our Daily Daps as well, my favorite segment. You know, it's starting to gain, gain a little traction, Daily Daps. It's I, getting some heat on the yeah, internet. It is, it is. The, uh, on the podcast world. So there you go. Anyways, but let's start uh, with Monday night, and um, let's break down the game. I mean, obviously, Seattle won 13-10. Controversial call. If you missed the um, – if you watched the final – I don't know. If, I guess if the last minute wasn't really – uh, in question because they just kneeled on it a couple times. So if you just turned your TV off, you wouldn't have realized a very controversial call uh, that basically it was a officiating gaffe. Uh, Seattle won, surprise, surprise, uh, on an officiating gaffe. Uh, basically, uh, what what is it? Uh, it's that, and it was an illegal like illegal batting batting of the ball. Of the ball. So Calvin Johnson is reaching across, and Cam Chancellor makes I mean just. An unbelievable play, punching that ball out of there. The ball flies into the end zone, and then the Seattle defender, I think it was I KJ it Wright, was KJ Wright, yes, uh, had an opportunity to grab it, but actually he punched it out of bounds, or really tapped it out of bounds, uh, and then they ruled it a touchback, and then Seattle got it at the twenty. Um, I at the time I said, man, what a smart play by KJ Wright. See now, I was the opposite. I was like, "Isn't that illegal?" At yeah, the moment I, I saw it, like, that looked that looked illegal. I didn't know either way. Um, I didn't know that that was a rule. Um, I know all the I know all the guys on the post game didn't know it was a rule. Uh, a lot of social media had no idea it was a rule. Apparently, the official, uh, even though he denies it, even though he did he didn't know it was a rule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, <laughs> Not there, that that he was, was staring right, right at that at play. It. And There's it's something uh, about that end zone. That because that was the same end zone that the fail mary happened in. Oh, what's funny though is the fail mary. That was wow. a huge play to swing. I'm sure a lot of fantasy games because oh, sure. not only was it a Calvin Johnson catch for a decent amount of yards, right. Stafford, Stafford, literally on the cusp of the goal line, <laughs> and then a fumble. So I uh, saw I saw somebody I follow on yeah somebody I follow on Johnson. Twitter even said that he was about to lose his game just because of the catch. But then when Calvin Johnson fumbled, <laughs> nice. he actually won his game that because the, the negative points overtook the, the last one bad. point, whatever he got. Oh, wow. It's an eight-point turnaround for Calvin Johnson. You just feel terrible for the guy. Ugh. I mean, he had been struggling up until that point, and he was starting to gain a little traction, gain a little heat uh, in that fourth quarter drive, that final drive with Matt Stafford. Uh, he looked pretty good, I thought. Uh, Stafford looked great, by the way, uh, in that final drive only. Yeah, I was, I was glad you had <laughs> in, that. In the final out. drive, yeah. <laughs> you were saying he's, they were struggling. I was like, speaking of struggling, that was basically <laughs> this entire fan- game uh, fantasy-wise. Yeah, it was. I mean, Detroit's offense is lousy. And to be honest with you, their defense really impressed me. They played their hearts out. Uh, Seattle's offensive line is garbage. Uh, they are hot garbage right now. They're going to get Russell Wilson killed. I tweeted out last night that I don't remember – more than one or two clean pockets that he had the entire night. Uh, they were absolutely all over like Swiss cheese. And Pete Carroll needs to fix that. Um, and you know what part of fixing that is, guys? And we're going to talk about Jimmy Graham in a second. They need to get a tight end in there that can block. And Jimmy Graham can't block. That's why I told you to trade him after last week. His value is sinking. Har- Harmon and I were talking about on our couch last night when we were watching the game. Could you imagine if there was like, even a slightly less mobile quarterback behind that Seattle offensive line right now. Oh, so like, what, like a what Sam was, Bradford? Or like, or a Phillip, like a Philip Rivers? <laughs> Statuesque Philip Rivers. No, but uh, what do we make of this game? Look, Thomas Rawls had uh, 17 carries, 48 yards. He didn't look great. Um, he got a lot of volume. That was nice to see. Mm-hmm. Just a 2.8 yards per carry, though. Uh, Jimmy Graham, 
as uh, Alex Gelhar very well pointed out in this uh, rundown here, he's still a ghost. Just four catches for 29 yards. And, and you know, I think the takeaway for me is uh, he's not going to rebound. And the reason I say that is um, they don't throw the ball enough. I get that parts of the volume p- play is not there. I, and I knew that they weren't going to toss the ball around 40 times a game. I, I get that. But here's the problem for me, uh, the long-term problem. Not only do they not throw the ball enough, uh, Jimmy Graham, think about where he's coming from. Uh, a high-precision offense, timing, all of everything has to be right on cue uh, from uh, New Orleans. He, he was obviously had a great chemistry with Drew Brees. Um, there wasn't a lot of scramble drill. In New Orleans. I did notice that on a couple of those scrambles yesterday. Uh, you know, Wilson gets out of the pocket. He's trying to extend the play, make things happen. And I, there was one replay in particular yes. where I think Wilson gets the, ends up getting the ball to Tyler Lockett, I it think was, it was. It uh, was deep in the third or early fourth. Something like that. And you just see Graham, and he just kind of stops. I mean, he, he kind of shuffles his feet one way and shuffles back the other way. But there was no real movement on no. that. And I think that... That does speak a lot when you have the guys like Baldwin and Lockett and even Curse, you know, realizing this is how it works here in Seattle. Like, you got to get open, and I don't think Graham has picked up on that. The bottom line is that he was an awful fit for the offense. It should have never happened. That trade should have never happened. Uh, Seattle traded away a part of the strength of their team, which was Max Unger, Unger and the offensive line, to improve a part of their offense they didn't really use anyways. Well, yeah. and Second, fewest, uh, second most pass attempts, New Orleans – uh, fewest pass attempts, Seattle. That was the numbers from last season. Why make that deal? And what's what's baffling is like uh, you know even if they got him, you're right, Fabs. All those numbers point that why they're not using him. They they brought him in, use him. Use right. for God's sake. I, there right. was a play. It was right. third and two. Right. They tossed it six yards back to Thomas Rawls, and Jimmy Graham was <laughs> sealing the edge on a block. I'm like what are you doing? Like why make it so hard on yourself? You turned a third and two into a third and eight. You have a six foot eight tight end. Just, yes, have him take two steps exactly. and turn around and, and just, just toss like it up, this, and you're exactly. good. There's your move. You the can't sticks. stop that. You can't stop that. The Saints knew that. I don't know why the Seahawks don't realize that. I think, especially with Marshawn out, I don't understand why Jimmy Graham is not getting more targets. Well, also keep this in mind. It too. makes no sense with Marshawn Lynch out. Defenses are going to know who's going to be getting the football in that offense. Doug Baldwin had a really good game last night. Uh, I'm sure Detroit's game plan in part had to do with making sure oh, yeah. Graham didn't beat There were a couple of replays I saw where he had a, a linebacker underneath and a safety over the top and almost like a cornerback trailing him too. There was yep. just like a little caravan hovering around Jimmy Graham at times. Yep. Russell Wilson's final line, 20 of 26, obviously extremely efficient with a limited number of throws, 287 yards and a touchdown, no interception. But he fumbled twice. He did have two fumbles lost. I, I thought the most amazing stat from yesterday was the fact that they were saying that he – he fumbled the rock 11 times last year, Didn't and they never one. lost one. Yep. I mean, look, you could say, oh, they work on that. and pre- That's just luck. That Yeah, the ball, 11, that times, that, that's, yeah. 11 times the ball doesn't bounce the wrong way once. It's like, ridiculous. That, Those are 50-50 balls. That's insane. That's insane. That's flipping a coin 11 times and it coming out heads 11 times. It's yeah. bananas. Um, but yeah, no, he, Russell Wilson, obviously extremely efficient. He had a bunch of, um, yards on the ground as well. 40 yards on the ground. Thomas Rawls, 48 yards. Fred Jackson, yeah, 21, whatever. Uh, Jermaine Curse, uh, picked up 84 yards. He was the most, uh, uh, he got the most yardage. He got, like, he got like all of it on that last <laughs> right. catch though. Exactly. It was 50 on one catch. So he only had two catches. Uh, Doug Baldwin, 
as Fabs mentioned, uh, thir- just 36 yards, but he did get that touchdown. So that's that's uh, the big one. That's yeah. the big one. Yep. And then Jimmy Graham four catches for 29. You know, can we talk about for a second just the Seattle offense in general? I know that you know they were not necessarily a juggernaut offensively, but they had pieces there that coming into the season we all thought could be really really good. I mean, everybody's still. Mostly believed in Marshawn Lynch. He's been injured. He's really struggling so far this year. Uh, Russell Wilson was kind of a consensus number three quarterback coming into the season. He's barely in the top ten. Jimmy Graham. Is that right? He's he's number nine. Yeah, right he is. Uh, he's number nine. He hasn't wow. been great. Barely in the top ten. You know, I mean, Jimmy Graham. Obviously, the the thoughts on what he could do were mixed, but we still thought this is a top five uh, fantasy tight end. That hasn't been the case right now. I mean, that offense is not. It's just not very good at the moment. He's on pace for fewer than 900 yards and like eight touchdowns, which is basically what I projected him at. So, so. I did want to say this about the whole Jimmy Graham thing, by the way. Uh, Seattle tight ends uh, last year, uh, there's three of them, and they compiled about 750 yards and I think three touchdowns. Um, I just assumed that if you, know, you got rid of the Luke Wilsons of the world, that Jimmy Graham was out there on every single snap, I thought he could easily get to 900 and I'd say about can't block, man. Eight or nine, uh, eight or nine touchdowns. Can't block. That keeps him off the field. There are plenty of teams that use two tight ends. Though. I mean, there are other things that the Seahawks can do. I mean, like again, you brought him in. Don't bring him in. I mean, and this isn't some off the street mid level free agent. You bring in a guy <laughs> like Jimmy Graham. You got. You don't find out a way to use him. That, I, that's I on you. That's on Daryl Bevel. I, right, right, right. I, I also understand that these guys know more about football than we will ever know. Uh, they they understand more. That about doesn't football. mean they don't mess up. I, I understand that, but I mean so, something's something's not clicking. Let's just put it that way. In that offense, I don't know what's going on at practice. I will never, ever in a million years tell, sit here and tell you that a fantasy analyst knows more than any offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach in the National Football League. There's something that's going on that we don't know about that is really keeping Jimmy Graham from being able to make an impact uh, in this offense. Let's move to the Detroit side of the ball. Matt Stafford, <clears throat> uh, just 203 yards, this despite 35 pass attempts. That's amazing. That's an amazingly low number. He didn't have any interceptions. Good for him, absolutely. Uh, but no touchdowns as well. Um, I, I want to get to this, man. Look, nobody, basically nobody did anything. Calvin Johnson, seven catches, 56 yards, no touchdowns, a fumble lost. Uh, it could have been a touchdown added, would have saved his fans. Uh, no, he should have had one before that, too, when he was open and Stafford just, just missed it. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, but the bottom line is nobody did anything. Cal- uh, Golden Tate, three catches, 29 yards. Again, no one did anything. Eric Ebron got hurt, fine. Uh, but I did want to talk about Amir Abdullah. I got a great tweet uh, from Johnny Guillen. Um, and he tweeted us. He, he listens to the podcast, watches the show, and he tweeted us, look, is it time to just give up on Amir Abdullah? No. I would say yes. I'm getting close. I would Not say yet. Yes. I'm getting real and, close. And, and 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 I know we were super high on the talent level. We saw him in the preseason. He looked amazing. You're shaking your head. Vehemently no. No. no you don't me give up on a guy because he went into Seattle against a, one of the best front sevens in the league with a bad offensive line. But and Gellar, he came out with a bad stat line. Walk. It's more than that. It's just it's more than the it's more than week four. He's been terrible. No, no, no. He has not been terrible. The Lions, Look, the Lions, had, the Lions week, gave Joyke Bell twenty carries in the first three weeks, and he got twenty two yards. Hundred percent agree with you. Hundred percent agree with you. But the point, the uh, I'm going to get Fabian here on you here. The results. If you look at the results, he had one good week. Week one was good. That's it. He scored a touchdown in week three too. In in a lot of leagues, that didn't count, though, right? The special teamers. No, he caught a receiving touchdown. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. 
Here's here's what I'll say on uh, on Abdullah. There's no way in the world I'm dropping him. If you think for a second that the other nine or eleven people in your league will automatically put in a waiver claim for a player that you drop, you do not drop that player. Uh, I will tell you this though: they're playing Arizona this week. I would keep him on my bench and sit on him. Uh, if you're hurting at running back, put in a claim for Ronnie Hillman or Duke Johnson. But I, I'm not dropping him. I'm not the, the, dropping the problem, him. I'm not starting him, but I'm not dropping the, and, him. But the problem is, I mean, I'm looking here at his game lines. He has never had – last night he had 15 touches. That is by far the most he has had in a game right. this season. That's and, why we can't give – you can't jump ship now. But are they going to start giving – I mean, is there anything that they, they have says to? Well, I don't know. They don't do have they? to. I mean, that's what we I'm just, saying. Like, we, we just had a whole conversation about Jimmy Graham not getting targets, and that doesn't seem like it's going to change. <laughs> I mean, they don't have to do anything. Amir Abdullah, that's a good point. Amir Abdullah is the second – most possibly right now because of Kevin Nelson's age, like the most talented player on this offense. If Detroit wants to win games, which they do, they're do they? going to start giving him the ball more. Also, he, I think it's common sense. You're right. Common sense would dictate you know get it to your best guys. Part of, but they're part not of it was doing that. Part of why he only had 15 touches in this game too is game script. Detroit had Detroit's like first 10 possessions were punt, 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 field goal, punt, 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 punt. That's not that's not conducive to getting a lot of offensive plays or a lot of touches when you're going three and out every time. But this is not the time to push the panic button on Amir Abdul. Oh, I think it absolutely is. I am all over because I all right. Well, see- you guys drop him and I'll pick him up. I'm not going to do together. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't see anything from this Lions offense right. that says it's going to change. I, I, I don't- think, I think it's a combination of things, right? Like it's the limited touches uh, yeah. that that we've seen thus far uh, through four games. But really, again, uh, and I've been harping on it all preseason and all regular season as well. It's not a good offense. How how often are they going to get down there and punch it in? And of those times, how many times is it going to be Amir Abdullah? I mean, we're seeing guys like – I just thought <laughs> – I thought it was laughable. Zach Zenner is getting carries. I mean, That's, Michael Burton, how talented is this guy? He makes Beetlejuice and then he gets uh, carries for uh, the Detroit Lions. It's pretty solid. <laughs> Zach, Zach Zenner getting carries is not laughable. Zach Zenner should have more carries in this offense. He's a very talented about, running back. Even, that, even more reason to be afraid of Amir Think about Abdullah, uh, the things that we – you remember, you remember that that line from Star Wars that you, we have to un, you have to unlearn what you have learned. So that's sort of the case with the Lions' offense. That it's not explosive anymore. It's not the same offense that we've seen in the past. It is not the Saints. Same kind of thing. Uh, that offense has always been conducive to scoring points, putting up big fantasy numbers. It's not the case anymore. Philadelphia Eagles. We came into the season expecting a lot of fantasy points. It's not the case anymore. So. Just by looking at, oh, Saints, oh, Eagles, and uh, Lions, we, we can't automatically think offensive juggernaut anymore. Well, I mean, it's, it's year two under, uh, under um, Caldwell, uh, and I was horribly unimpressed last year. I, I thought that slide would continue, and it's kind of proven itself to be the case, unfortunately. All right, we've got to move on. Uh, let's yeah. get to top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Um, I don't know. If, I think like we got to it briefly, but Eric Ebron uh, left in the first half with a knee injury. There's no uh, new updates as of yet, as of recording of this podcast. I'm sure there will be something later on this afternoon. All right, but uh, how about in Miami? Uh, obviously, the, the top headline yesterday was that Joe Philbin got canned uh, there in Miami. The, their tight ends coach is randomly now their uh, head coach. You know what? I actually had him on a fantasy team no, years ago. No, you did not. I swear, because <laughs> he would actually be a decent red zone target, and I remember okay. he was 
He was like the guy on the waiver wire that That's I had funny. to start because I was so desperate for a tight end. That is fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the question becomes, can Landry, uh, Jarvis Landry, or Lamar Miller, and I guess to a lesser degree, Ryan Tannehill, uh, but really, we're really focused on Lamar Miller and Jarvis Landry. Can these guys turn it around? I mean, you want to talk about disappointments. Um, Lamar Miller's only averaging five and a half points, fantasy points per game. I mean, guys are spending third-round draft picks on 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 a guy who was in a contract year, put on loads of muscle, and they, they spent a third-round draft pick on a guy they figured would get more than seven touches a game. Great point. So, <laughs> can you guys can you guys remember a year where more first, second, third, and fourth round draft picks have been total disappointments? I mean, and, and we're talking. So, so listen to the list, though, right? So, okay. Jimmy Graham, okay, uh, Andrew Luck. Right, so far, C.J. Anderson, Jeremy Hill's not in that conversation. Uh, Calvin Johnson, uh, Des Bryant. I know he's hurt, but Des Bryant has hurt a lot of people uh, so far this season. Right, Justin Forsett before last week was a, it was an enormous disappointment. Uh, hopefully, he can get, continue to uh, improve this week against Cleveland. Um, and, and those are just the guys that I'm thinking about off the top of my head. There are a lot more. We're seeing players that were drafted. Uh, highly, who are not producing, even uh, Russell Wilson, right? I mean, if he was drafted in the in the fourth or fifth round, or right now you're not getting that return on him. Marshawn Lynch, same thing. You're not getting the return uh, that you invested on him as well. LaShawn so. McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, another one. I think if we went through all the rosters, we could probably come, come up with a lot. James. Which, speaking of LaShawn McCoy, by the way, real quick on a sort of breaking news headline in here. Hit me! Ian Rappaport has just tweeted, Trent Richardson is working out for the Bills oh, today, no. source said. <laughs> Two no. injuries necessitated. I know, because Carlos Williams had a concussion. <laughs> if you don't know, Carlos Williams is in concussion protocol. There you go. And so he's no lock to play this week. So uh, I want to go home. It can, could I, be. can I go home? <laughs> I'm just going to gonna take a day. It could <laughs> be baby. that Booby Dixon is oh. going to be the starting running back yes. for the Bills this week. Yes. I love it. I absolutely love it. Chaos is amazing. <laughs> but this uh, is why I love traditional fantasy so much more than daily. Because, man, you, you've got to really be a GM and a coach. You can't just say, well, I'm not going to have to worry about that, man. You have to... You know, you have to sort of roll with the punches and uh, and deal with injuries during the season, just like a real NFL team does. All right, so Trent Richardson visiting the Buffalo Bills. How about <laughs> – I love this headline too, man. Ahmad Bradshaw visiting with the Colts. That's good. That's great. It is? Fantastic. <clears throat> is if, it? if that happens, then Frank Gore, oh, man. Trade. Well, that's what I'm saying. Frank Gore's value will absolutely tank, although he's – Old man Gore <laughs> hasn't looked great. Um, I mean, he hasn't looked awful, but he's man. had a couple of fumbles. Those fumbles, man, just uncharacteristic. Those fumbles are killer. If Especially just, the one that he just dropped. That if he doesn't fumble <laughs> and he scores <laughs> those two touchdowns, we're actually talking about him. Hey, he's been a pretty good RB too. Exactly, I agree. I mean, Instead he's still of being been like a disappointment. A, he's, he's still been like a an okay RB two because he had the two touchdown week, and last week he had like a decent amount of yards and stuff, but. Dude, just hold on to the ball, Frank. Those balls. What, what happened? I mean, what those, happened, man? Oh my gosh. He he's barely a top twenty running back right now. Um, all right, so there you go. So Ahmad Bradshaw visits the Colts. I have we have no idea what kind of shape Ahmad Bradshaw's in, but I'll tell you right now, if he if he gets signed, I'm picking him up off the waiver wire. There's no doubt about it. Um and we'll stay in Indianapolis. Andrew Luck uh will give the latest on, on his shoulder. I guess it's a partially separated shoulder according to multiple media reports. Well, um, isn't the technical term a subluxation, subluxation. or whatever? Subluxation, aka a Doctor, partial separation of Dr. Gelhar. So 
Well, I mean, like, because Ian Rappaport emailed it in. And he's like, let's use the language subluxation. Cause that's like the appropriate term. Because I don't, I don't know. Because the not... average person knows what a subluxation. Because that's exactly. that's the word that everybody's going to remember after this year. And now all the armchair armchair injury experts going to be like, mm, uh, it's oh like a God. subluxation. First of all, I I talked to two different. Um, uh, surgeons, and they just said it's a partially separated shoulder. That is totally an acceptable term. So a subluxation. Sublux- <laughs> subluxation. Um, Andrew Luck has a subluxation of his right throwing shoulder. Uh, there were fears that he may have bruised his labrum, maybe even possibly partially torn a labrum. Um, and I tell you, man, I really hope it's not that. Um, I'm going through that, obviously, and, uh, and it's no fun. Uh, the pain is there for sure, and there's definitely a loss of arm strength if there is some kind of cuff injury. Uh, yeah, I noticed, you know, at the gym you can't lift all those right. weights like you used to. Exactly. So. I'm not lifting the 100-pound barbells at all nowadays. <laughs> no. Uh, no. I'm starting to look a little bit like uh, Jay Gruden right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, but so uh, Andrew Luck uh, partially separate, but the, the 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 coaching staff there won't admit anything regarding oh, no. Andrew Luck. I mean, he threw during the media portion of practice, but it was all kind of just like gentle tosses and a walkthrough <laughs> sort of thing. All right. And what sucks is that this is a Thursday night game. Yeah. So he has less time to recover, and you the know. A- the anticipation is that he will play. That's what it seems to be the prevailing thought. Like right. Matt Hasselback kind of seemed to indicate that the their preparing as if Luck's going to play. So to i got to make... ask you, though, if you have Andrew Luck, do you play him? <sighs> Who else do I have on my roster? If he's active, I mean... Let's say you got assume... Andrew Luck and... Assuming you picked up somebody different, decent last week. How like... about Andy Dalton? Uh, oh, man, Dalton plays Seattle. Play the Seahawks. <laughs> I'd, probably, I'd probably play Dalton, to be honest, because he's yeah. at home. Not me. I'm playing Luck, man. Listen, dude, I drafted him in the first round. If he's on my fantasy team, for all intents and purposes, if he's playing for the Colts, he's playing for me, man. I'm going down with the ship. This goes. Back- I like it, but this goes back to your you have to unlearn what you've learned. I mean, right <laughs> now, right now. No, no, no. Great Andrew, point. Right now, Great Andrew point. Luck is just not a good quarterback at the moment, and he's playing oh, on Thursday like- night, which always frightens me. Yeah. And he's also uh, playing a Texans man. team that has been horrible against quarterbacks. Yeah, but they can get after the quarterback. I will roll the dice. I don't need to unlearn that. Oh, man. How about if J.J. Watt lands one good shot? Yeah, that's I, I think I think I'm too I'm Toradol, buddy. Scared. It's Toradol. That, that that's what working with Akbar has I done know, to me. I know everything is everything okay. Tor- Tor- Toradol doesn't repair subluxations, does it? I don't know. We don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. I think it helps with a partially separated shoulder, but does it help with a subluxation? <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Uh, we'll go to Dallas. How about Des Bryant? He could come back after the Cowboys' Week Six bye. That's what Dallas VP Stephen Jones told KRLD AM in Dallas, uh, who also said there have been no setbacks with from your injury. lips to God's ears. My uh, report, no, from Stephen Jones' lips. <laughs> uh, Reports on Des's return obviously have varied wildly, man. Anywhere between six to twelve weeks. Uh, there was a at, at some point there was even uh, people saying, "Hey, look, uh, same injury to Kevin Durant cost him his entire season." A little bit different sport. Um, so it, you know, let, obviously a lot less jumping and, and a lot less pressure on that foot. But the bottom line is, uh, what do we make of this news, Alex Gelhar? Uh, I'm writing in the the trade column to try and trade for Des again if you can. Hopefully, maybe the owner is trade for trade for get him. Anyone I mean, trading away? No, I'm not trading him away. I mean, I'm I'm sitting on him if anything. Yeah, you know, if you can move a couple pieces and get Des though, because he he'll come back in week seven, and then I think Romo can come back in week 
10 or 11? 11. 11. I, I think it was 11. 11. Uh, so you just got to hold out a couple weeks, but Brand- Brandon Whedon can, can get it near Dez. Dez, <laughs> Dez can do the rest. Get it near Dez? You know, you know, near Dez. That might be the quote of the show. <laughs> you, know, you know what was so funny, too, was that um, I'm watching that Dallas game, and for some re- – I think Brandon Whedon is still throwing corner fades to Terrence Williams right now. <laughs> Probably. I mean, how many? I gotta look this up. Either how that many targets to Terrence Williams? The dink and dunks. It was it was definitely double digits, and more than half of them. Oh, I don't know if he had double digits, but let's double see. digit targets for Terrence Williams. Look yeah, it up. I don't, I don't know that he had that, but but I would say more than half of them were corner fades, and they were all awful. The one that he got for a touchdown was the one good one. Was the one good I, one? I, I mostly. Oh, he just, did have ten. Wow. I'm ten. I didn't think he quite got there. <laughs> I mostly wow. just want to outlaw the corner fade as a pass pattern. It was in so general. bad. I mean, they are so, so rarely cool. effective. They are so rarely successful. If you've got a guy with speed, you know what they're doing in Jacksonville. Alan Hearns has got great speed. We just did a, a piece on this uh, yesterday on, on the show. Uh, Next Gen Stats shows that, okay, obviously we already know this. Alan Hearns is very fast. You know what they're doing? They're using him on crossing routes, man. You don't have to go vertical with speed. No. You could go any direction. I just I want the people to know that. Uh, but, man, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny thinking about uh, Brandon Whedon getting in the general vicinity of Des Bryant. Um, <laughs> those are your top headlines. Uh, let's reevaluate some of the running back depth charts we got here. Devontae Freeman, uh, it's, it's great. Uh, Devontae Freeman, six touchdowns over the last two weeks. It's crazy. Um, he, no one, no running back has been able to do that since the great Ladanian Tomlinson, man. Holy cow. Devontae Freeman in the same conversation, uh, at least for two weeks as Ladanian Tomlinson. The big question, I think, though, is what happens when Tevin Coleman comes back? I, th- I, I feel like that's one of the great underlying uh, storylines in fantasy this week. What happens when Tevin Coleman comes back? It goes back to being a committee. I, oh, I, man. I, I do, Please, no. <laughs> because, I mean, this is what we went through in the preseason. We weren't sure what was going to happen. And I just think because Tevin Coleman is the guy that the new regime brought in. I mean, he's their guy. Devontae Freeman – was there before they arrived, and, and so I think they're going to keep giving him an opportunity. And so now, I, 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 you you can't not love what you've seen from Freeman the last two weeks. The guy's running hard. He's running aggressively. Obviously, he's he's doing everything they ask of him. But I still think when Tevin Coleman comes back, it goes back to them splitting carries again. Gelhar, I'm I'm in the same boat. Because uh, I think Freeman's had a pretty heavy workload these last two days, and he was even nicked up coming into this game a little bit. He had like a foot injury or something. It was minor. Obviously, he played and scored three touchdowns. But they're, the Falcons know with the Kyle Shanahan offense, they need the run. That's that's the engine that keeps that offense running, even with Julio Jones being the crazy demigod that he is. Uh, so they're going to use both, but they're going to deploy both backs. And uh, I think Freeman will still have some success, but it's def- it's never – I mean, nobody's going to expect See, to get I still, a week. Do, do I don't expect a 50-50 committee. Freeman has earned the right to be at least closer to a featured back than Tevin Coleman. Coleman was good when he was playing. He wasn't doing this. I mean, Freeman is otherworldly right now. We're talking about a guy who in his first two starts scored three touchdowns. That hasn't happened since 1970 mm. uh, as a running back. So I, I really think maybe it's 60-40, maybe it's uh, 65-35. I, I don't know how it's going to sort of uh, pan out. But I also think that Freeman has earned the goal line work. That guy's been a beast inside the 20 for that team the last two weeks. So That's, that's uh, the hope. Uh, that's the hope for me. 
Uh, and that's the hope for fantasy owners, too, because at the end of the day, I'm more concerned about fantasy football yeah. than I am about real football. But I really can't I can't see a scenario where Coleman comes back and takes the starting job and becomes more of a featured back than Freeman. In fact, I think the opposite will be right. true. The benefit with Freeman, too, is he always has been the better pass catcher out of the backfield. And he's had five catches, I think, in both of his last two games. He yeah, he's five, versatile. He's at five for 52 and five for 81. So even if... Coleman comes in and eats into some of those carries. Like, Freeman's still going to have a relatively safe week-to-week floor because he's going to get work out of the backfield in the passing game, too. And this week, so uh, they play the Redskins this week, and if Coleman comes back, and the Redskins have been actually pretty tough against running backs, I'm still playing Devonta Freeman. I'm riding this until... Yeah, I'll, fle- I'll flex him until sure. Right. He, he's clearly at least a flex starter. I'm riding this thing... Uh, until the train comes off the rails. I mean, let's keep in mind, though, that the first couple of weeks, certainly week one, Coleman was the better back. In fact, both, both of the two games that they played together, Coleman was the more effective of the two running In the backs. second game, though, I think Freeman had more fantasy points. He, I think he had, he had more receiving yards, which, which put him over the top. But in terms well, of in just the second, being a well, wait, running back. In the second game, Tevin Coleman got hurt. Yeah. That was the game that he broke, cracked his rib or whatever. Okay, okay. And he scored a touchdown. At they that both did. Already. They both did against the Giants. So... You know, just something to keep in mind. I'm oh, looking man. at the numbers right now. I, I'm not sure so. what to do. You know, obviously before the season started, I was all over the Tevin Coleman. I felt like uh, I felt like week three should have been the Tevin Coleman game. That should have been the Tevin Coleman breakout game. That's what I, I, I felt like. And maybe he would have, you know, chipped in. I mean, look, he wasn't going to go for three touchdowns and 450 yards or whatever the heck it was that Devontae Freeman went for. <laughs> but, uh, but no, if they, if they had split that backfield share a little bit more equitable, uh, I could see Tevin Coleman breaking 100 yards and, and getting a touchdown. Absolutely. That could have been his – that absolutely could have been his breakout. Coleman had eight points in week one. Uh, he had 9.2 in week two, then was injured. Uh, I mean, Freeman's blown him out of the water. When it, when it comes to games where they're actually featured. And uh, in week one, you know, you could argue that Coleman was more of a featured back than Freeman, and we all thought that was the direction no, that it was going into. No, because I think they into. split the carries really uh, equitable. Pretty evenly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is why I just decided to stay away from Falcons running backs mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. just because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't decipher who was going to get the bulk of the work. However, as far as committees go, this one is only two-headed, and both look like they should be able to have success Great week point. to week. Great point. Not... <laughs> Unlike Philadelphia, Washington, Washington, New York, <laughs> Tennessee, burn them all down. Oh, you it, know what? Playing fantasy football has gotten tough. Burn them all down. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, as an aside, I mean, since we're talking about running backs, and it's something that I, I'm pretty sure it was Matt Harmon and I were talking about one day in the newsroom, is that you start to wonder if coaches are going too far in one direction with these committees now because. Any running back will tell you, and I'm sure if we ask Maurice Jones-Drew, if we ask Terrell Davis, any of these guys, that you that most of the guys need to get into a rhythm, that right. you need to get 15, MJD said that on 17, Sunday. 20 carries a game to really kind of be at your best. But now with teams going two, even three running backs, you're talking about guys getting maybe 10 to 12 carries, and it's really hard for them to find that rhythm. And so you start to wonder whether or not coaches are doing themselves, you know, forget fantasy, or just doing themselves in their offenses a disservice by not just picking a guy to be their running back. Yeah, MGD actually said exactly that. That's a good point, Marcus. When I was on the NFL Now Game Day Blitz show on Sunday, we were talking about that, and he said there was one time where – because DeMarco Murray came out in that game and said, I'm not getting enough touches because he only has, like, what, 20-some carries or whatever, or 40 carries through four games – 
And uh, MJD's like, he's like, yeah, he said, the same thing happened to me. He's like, I only got like eight carries one game. And he said, he said in the press, he's like, that's just not enough to get into rhythm. Next game, he got 30-some carries. He had like 150 yards. I think that's, right. that's that's the case. By the way, week one, Tevin Coleman had double the carries of Freeman. Yeah, 20 to 10. So, um, But this past Sunday, so we had to do our show from a different studio because there was a, uh, a rehearsal going on in our normal set. I don't even feel like I was on a show Sunday morning, like because we were rotating in and out. It was almost like being in a backfield committee. I'm like, <laughs> am I even on a show today? See, I couldn't even, get into a rhythm. Even fantasy analysts need reps. Right, I gotta know. get gotta get the handoffs. I, I was like, I, I don't even feel like I did anything. Need those, need those reps. Fabs needs to be fed. That was that was great. I was like, where? Are you yeah, going? I know. I was like, I was like, I was like, what is this turning into? And I was like, oh, we brought it back. Oh, okay, it's perfect. Oh, that was, that was great. There was, was a great. method to my madness. I I we it. saw it. We saw it. That was great. Yeah. I didn't see it at all. That was great. Well, I mean, afterwards, we saw it. Yeah, it was good. Um, how about in St. Louis? Todd Gurley's back. He looked amazing. I mean, he looked amazing. Um, the question is, does he keep it up? Yes. I love <laughs> him. Uh, listen. It, this this is his backfield I now. traded Gurley to Marcus in the Dynasty League. I got Le'Veon Bell back. But um, I, I, I was so excited when I got Gurley in the rookie draft because I really feel like he could be one of the next great running backs. In fact, there's enough time in this season – where he could end up being worthy of a first-round pick in fantasy next, next year. Season. Oh, yeah. He is the real deal. Uh, from anyone that you talk to has watched him, and, and I admittedly don't watch a lot of college football, but I read up on players, and I certainly listen to what the scouts say about players like Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah, and um, he's the real deal. And he also went to Georgia. That's a running back factory, right? Sure. So uh, like the, he, he, is, this, he looked good. This running game in St. Louis struggled. For the first three weeks. Then Gurley came in, looked at everybody and said, I wish I had this drop, but I can't get a good one because there's too much stuff going on. But thought, look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> and then he took that backfield and ran away with it. It is his from here on out. And if uh, Jeff Fisher gives more than a handful of carries to Trey Mason and Benny Cunningham right. every day after And you this, know what? They went into Arizona and beat arguably the best team in the league. Well, and Gurley looked great against a good defense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's explosive. He still looks big. He's I look at his. Fast. I look at his next uh, five games here. Okay, at the Packers, which is a tough matchup, but uh, I'm, still a, uh, I'm a little bit worried about that matchup because if the Packers get up big, that's game flow uh, may dictate that Gurley doesn't get a lot of touches. Maybe. But maybe they stick him in the backfield. Maybe they toss it to him. Maybe he keeps it close uh, on the run game. I'm not sure. Then he's got a home game against the Browns. That's looking good. He's got a home game against the Niners. That one could go either way. But then he goes uh, to the road uh, against the Vikings. Great matchup. Uh, And then at home against the Bears. Another great matchup. Mm -hmm. He's got three, four, maybe five uh, potential Great games in front of him here over the next five years. Yeah, listen, the upside is ridiculous. I, this guy is, is someone who could potentially rush for 1,500 yards in this league uh, for, for a lot of years to come. To, to stick on this running back topic, though, I was just looking. Have you guys seen, like, the, the leaders at running back right now? It's, it's, oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Freeman has got 15 more fantasy points than any other running back. Joe Randall is fourth. Carlos Williams is sixth. Chris Ivory, kudos to Gelhar, is eighth. Chris Johnson is 10th. Danny Woodhead's 11th. Just like we drew it up. Just like we planned. I mean, hey, I said Danny Woodhead <laughs> would be up there the whole – all I think we all but. liked him. We all liked him, but I didn't think he was going to be this high. I figured he would be a top 25 guy uh, in PPR, but 
boy, well, he has outdone himself. I think the thing with Woodhead is that he is the guy that Rivers trusts in key situations. He's the guy that's on the field in passing situations. He, he I think, pass protects better. He's near the goal line. Danny Woodhead is that guy. That but isn't it amazing? Uh, it always when, when these kind of things happen, uh, it always amazes me at the names that sort of like, you know, bubble up to the top and yeah. we're a quarter away through the fantasy season. It's also it is. I will say this. It's very early, though. And yeah. a lot of these guys can come around. Like, Eddie Lacy's been nicked up, but he's still like just outside Arian the Foster top 20. Will start Arian producing. Foster's hurt because um, Eddie Lacy, he had like, I think, like 80 or 90 total yards the last two games. Didn't get into the end zone. That's going to change. He's in yeah. a high scoring offense. So, right. But it is. You're right, Fabs. It's hilarious when you look at after a couple weeks. After all the research that we do, after every trend that we pick out, after every stat that we overanalyze. I mean, and, uh, you know, C.J. Anderson's not even in the top 50. <laughs> wide, re- wide receiver right now, James Jones and Travis Benjamin. And Brandon Marshall are in the top ten. As well. And and Benjamin, I think, is still available in like forty percent of leagues because after four weeks, people still don't believe in him. I don't. He's, I mean, he's it's actually hard. it's hard he's to been, believe. He's been uh, he's been doing a lot more than just hitting, taking the shot plays. Like he's running good routes. He's getting open. He's getting targeted a ton still. So he's he's somebody that needs to be owned more. Well, less. but in the first. Uh, I would say the first two weeks, at least, of the season, he wasn't getting a lot of targets. Not a ton. Well, I because mean, they weren't throwing it a lot. It's the, what, the Johnny Manziel gave me through it, like, what, 13, 15 Right, times. exactly. And it, it, he got a touch. He got uh, two, two, two long touchdowns, touchdowns on three targets, man. That's efficient, James. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's just math. Good. That is pretty good. No, but uh, but it's so hard to trust it in a guy who doesn't get a lot of looks in, a, in an offense that is, quite frankly, not that explosive. And – they don't throw the ball a lot, so I, it's hard to. They have been it. more with uh, with McCown in there. They've been slinging it a little bit. Yeah. strangely. You know who I like though? Wolf, wolf, wolf. The barn dog. The barnyard dog. The barnyard dog. Uh, all right, look, <laughs> we got to move on. Uh, how about Arian Foster though? Um, look, I, like I was saying, man, the guy's playing on half a growing. I know the game script got away. I get that. Uh, I, I think Atlanta was up like 75 to nothing after. Got away? That, that game script was on like a rocket ship. But the bottom line is, you know, the carries that he got, even in the first quarter, I, I didn't I didn't think he looked great. Um, it was supposed to be a great matchup. Atlanta's not stopping anybody on the ground. Uh, Arian Foster couldn't really shake loose. I, I You know, and, and that was the big-time worry, right, that he's been away from football for so long. Um, he's just been rehabbing. He hasn't done a lot of game-type stuff. And um, to expect him to come back in and, and produce at a high level is extremely tough. He's got the talent level to do it. I just don't know if he's got the help. I'm guaranteeing double-digit fantasy points on Thursday night from him against the Colts. He will turn it up. I, I wasn't, I'm not worried about him. I'm not, you know, I'm not I, concerned. I, I told everybody on Twitter, yeah, if he's playing, then you should start him. So, hey, y'all, my bad on that. But hey, I was there with you. <laughs> I, yeah. sta- I started him in every league I had him. Yeah, so. I mean, so I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about him at all. The, the thing is, too, this, the same thing happened with Gurley. His first game back looked a little rough, like didn't get a ton of carries, didn't get into that rhythm. Then last week, kaboom! I'm with I'm with you, Fabs. I think Foster's like a top ten back for me this yep. this week uh, against against the Colts mm-hmm. because he's going to get the volume. He's he's too good, and uh, and he's he has done well against that Chuck Pagano and uh, and th- and think about this too. I mean, Greg Minuski defense. Bill O'Brien, uh, he's not looking good right now. Uh, I don't think his job is in danger at all. But uh, they they were embarrassed last week in Atlanta. That. That team was never in that game. The, the final score was not indicative of actually how horribly they played. Oh, God, I love garbage time stats. And Bill O'Brien knows that Arian Foster, and I love Nuke Hopkins. He's amazing. He's an elite fantasy wide receiver. 
that offense runs through Arian Foster, and if he's got Foster at 100%, he is going to feed him and yep. feed him and feed him. I think yeah. BLB definitely wants to to limit the number of times they throw because, I mean, let, let's be honest here, Ryan Mallett's not necessarily uh, doing anything other than throwing football straight into the dirt. Uh, yeah, I get that. They miss Ryan Fitzpatrick, James. Isn't that crazy? Chris Wessling had a good thing Isn't on Twitter. Crazy? I think or in an article he said uh, he called it a worm burner. Worm burners. With the, the, <laughs> yes. the rocket balls that Ryan Mallett throws into the ground. That's exactly what they are. It's, and I was like, that is fantastic. <laughs> that is pretty good. Uh, all right, should we hit Denver real quick? Yes, Denver very quickly. Oh, by the way, I was, I'll still go on record and say I'm still worried about Arian Foster. I don't think he's 100%. I think they want to run it. I don't think he's 100%. I'm really worried about re-injury as well. I think he's. Um, from the folks that I've talked to, uh, medical professionals that I've talked to, I'm telling you, I, I think he's coming back too soon. Uh, and I'm wor- very worried that he's going to re-injure uh, either that injury or it will lead to a, a secondary-type injury. Uh, and that's my big worry with Arian Foster. But as you mentioned, against Greg Minuski, against the Colts, Arian Foster's done very well. You, you can't do anything but play him. But I would, I would definitely limit my expectations. But let's move on to Denver. Um, <clears throat> C.J. Anderson versus Ronnie Hillman. This is it. Uh, it's over now. Uh, I mean, Gary Kubiak said it's a 50-50 split moving forward. I mean, he announced it. Um, and that's how we saw it in week four. Uh, Hillman was obviously much more effective, uh, granted, off of really one run. Some men just want to watch the world burn. And that would be Gary Kubiak. Actually, was that a drop from uh, Batman or was that a drop from Stephen A. Smith's? Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't yesterday. watch any. Of it. I try to just black that, out whatever happened. I was trying to figure on that, that one out. It was. Uh, the, they sounded very similar. His thing against Durant. Uh, yeah, they sounded yeah. very similar there. No, but uh, C.J. Anderson uh, versus Ronnie Hillman. Do, do any of these guys uh, hold value now? No. I mean, very little. And I saw this coming. I, I saw after week three, I'm like, this thing is really close to turning into a committee. And, uh, look, admittedly, aside from the one really long touchdown run that Ronnie Hillman had, he, had he didn't do much of anything either. Nothing. He just had the one huge play. Um, you know, so, I don't know. I, 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 I'm frightened of both of them. Now I'm kicking myself because I think I spent a second-round pick on C.J. Anderson in a bunch of leagues. <laughs> I, 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 I have him in the Dynasty League. He's sitting on my bench. And then I in the other league I have him I traded him because I did not want to deal with CJ Anderson a drop? No. What do I dare say he's a no, drop? No, not yet. Him. No. But man, it's hard to play him. Really and they're hard. playing the Raiders this week and it's a great matchup. And I mean, I still don't have any faith in the guy. Oof. Well No, I just start Hillman over him. If right you're now. looking at a Bronco for this week, everybody run and get Owen Daniels. Go get Owen know, Daniels. Right? <laughs> Tight ends against the Raiders are just yeah, actually Marcus. I just stealing, put in a claim for him. And it's my stealing money. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was stealing money. I mean, I guess this is a good segue to the waiver ads. But I put him on the list, and I even wrote in the the write up. I was like, I would normally not recommend anybody roster or start Owen Daniels. However, however, he's playing the Raiders, and like you said with Freeman Fabs, we're gonna ri- you're gonna ride him until he cools off. I'm gonna start every tight end <laughs> until, against the Raiders until, until it stops. Stop. By until the way, stops. we were we were ahead of the curve on that one, were we not? We, we were. were no Fancy Live uh, podcast and the show. We've been saying since week one. We've Since been, week one, we've been we've been just knocking them out of the park with those with Crockett, Crockett, and the barnyard Bar- dog, <laughs> or, or like Ken Griffey Jr. in a t-ball league right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. I love it, man. All right, let's get to our top waiver wire ads. And the first one we'll start with Tavon Austin, six uh, percent owned. He had a two touchdown game, uh, almost a hundred. Am I am I right in saying this? A hundred yards or he, very I think close. He, had a, he had over a hundred total. I think like, that's what it was. Up, that's but what it he was. had like ninety receiving. I think and you're right. Rushing, right? So about hundred and ten. Uh, um, total yards, uh, I think over 110. Actually. 116 
two touches. There you go. One sixteen and two touches. Um, do we believe in the mighty Tavon Austin? No, I've seen this nope. before. I know, but nope. okay, I've seen this. I will. Before. I will add a caveat, please. That he is actually now running NFL routes, getting open on them, and being targeted on them. He is not just the like one-trick gadget pony where they're like, "Here, Tavon, it's a double reverse, and you're gonna have a pass option, so do something." He's actually an NFL wide receiver now. Or the other the other option for Tav, it was either the double reverse for Tavon Austin, or just hey, just hey, kid, just run downfield. Just run downfield, and we'll see if we can get it to you. Would I pick him up on the waiver wire? Heck yeah. Would yeah. I start him with any kind of confidence week in and week out? Not yet. Can I Can I just say this, though? Speaking speaking of just watching the Rams play. So, yes, I'm seeing Tavon Austin run much better NFL routes now. Okay? But not only that. You know what I've really given Jeff Fisher credit for? And we talked about this with the Denver Broncos as well. They're running a lot more shotgun, man. And Nick Foles who, again, really has never played under center his entire career. Going back to Arizona, they ran the shotgun spread all the, all the time. And then when he was with Philadelphia, shotgun spread all the time. They're running a lot more shotgun now uh, there in St. Louis. And Nick Foles is starting to look a lot more comfortable. Uh, we especially saw that in week four. I know, yeah. I know. I want, we've seen this I, story I, I, before, but man, I, you gotta wonder if it, if Foles is gonna be. I mean, because Foles has been a very streaky guy, and so far, like he looked like a world beater in Week One, taking down the Seahawks. Right. Then he got like erased against the Pittsburgh defense, and so, Pittsburgh which makes defense no sense. Right. I know. So like, good. So that's why pass. you gotta pick up Tavon Austin. Maybe start him against the Packers this week, but get him on your roster because he could. He was a very talented player. Like. Was it a reach for the Rams to take him eighth overall when they did? Yes. However, very talented guy. Super, super good speed. At, super good athlete. Right. Get uh, everyone loved him in fantasy because I remember all the analysts, Mike Mayock, were just swooning over him. But I just think it's just Jeff Fisher hasn't really known what to do with that kind of speed. Well, because that, he's he's a very straight-ahead, yeah. power run, just and we might have pound it, pound it, pound give it. A, give a credit to offensive coordinator Frank Signetti as well, because he might be the one that's finally unlocking Tavon's potential. And I don't know, man. I, do I know we've seen this story before, but I just for some reason, I, and i got to be honest, I didn't watch a lot of the Rams in weeks one, two, or three, but you know, um, it was a great game that they had against Arizona. I was watching that game, and I'm like, man, they're running a lot of shotgun out of here. Um, and Nick Foles looks really comfortable there. So, And I just started thinking about situation. I don't know, man. I, look, I, I, of course you're going to put in a, a waiver claim for Tavon Austin. I get that, of course. I'm just saying, I think he's got a pretty good matchup against Green Bay. Again, they're going to have to score some points. They're going to have to put it in the air. And Green Bay is not necessarily a, a, a lockdown, shutdown um, defense either uh, Either way. So uh, if you're in a pinch, I like Tavon Austin. All right, how about Antonio Gates? Comes back from a four-game suspension. Um, I'm assuming this is... He's, he's owned in a lot of leagues. I put him on that list just in case because... Well, less than 50%. I know. I mean, less than 50%, yeah. but, you know. Some people are holding on, but yeah. somebody might have had to cut ship. They might have right. wanted to get a waiver claim in, pick up a hot running back, like Devonta Freeman, Matt Jones, whatever. Right, right. If Gates is out there, go grab him. Stevie yep. Johnson got injured. Malcolm Floyd got injured. We don't know how serious and yet. Pittsburgh can't stop tight ends. No. So it's not only a great pickup... Just because you're getting the second highest scoring tight end from then, a year ago, but he's got a great matchup sure. right off the bat, no yeah. doubt about it. And then how about I mean, you know, Dontrell Willis out there just uh, Dontrell in <laughs> Dontrell Willis just throwing you know in, duck balls in, down the middle. In. I have oh, oh, bad yeah, memories bad. of Dontrell oh, Willis when he pitched <laughs> against the Yankees in the World Series. I That's thought I thought this was the guy throwing lollipops down the pipe. Dontrell Inman's a, it's a deeper pickup. He's uh he was in the CFL and he was on the Chargers roster last year. Didn't do a whole heck of a lot. 
But he came in, had 88 yards last week, uh, filling in for Floyd and Johnson. So if either of them are – Floyd is going through the concussion, concussion protocol, protocol. And Steve Johnson Steve had Johnson a, had hammy, a hamstring, hamstring injury. Non-contact. He pulled up on it. We don't know yet. Know the severity. Um, not good. We figure it should be a lot of volume work for Keenan Allen. Yeah. But who else is there? That's why you get Gates and Inman and Danny Woodhead, man. The team's going to have to get gritty if they want to win. <laughs> By the way, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit. We watch um, in the the Fantasy Fortress uh, down here in Culver. We watch these games, and I swear, anytime they even see Danny Woodhead, just even see him, he doesn't have to touch the ball. The Fantasy Fortress just starts making gritty comments. Just gritty. I mean, just you got know, a lot of heart too. Just just a guy who brings his lunch pail every day, wears his hard hat. <laughs> Just ready to play. You know what Akbar would say right now, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I just get so. I know what Akbar would say. I just start shaking my head. I mean, it's amazing how much the Fantasy Fortress loves Danny Woodhead. It's craziness. Um, Alan Hearns, how about it? 4.9% owned. Um, he looks like he's a great one-two combination with Allen Robinson there in Jacksonville. Absolutely. His whole situation, Alan Hearns, has always been he's got great speed. He's got good hands. He was a, a, a good receiver, um, a productive receiver when healthy. Uh, at Miami, he's just got to stay healthy. Uh, go pick him up. As long as he's healthy, he's an interesting play, to say the least. Leonard Hankerson, love this name, Danger Zone guy. Adam Rank, absolutely crushing it this year on Danger Zone. Um, Leonard Hankerson, he called out as being the number two wide receiver there in Atlanta, passing Roddy White. Yeah, he said, go play him. All season. Although Roddy White's getting more snaps, Hankerson's been more highly targeted done more with his targets. Much more productive. Uh, and is looking like the number two it's there. It's funny. It's the same guy in Washington who couldn't, couldn't do anything. Do I know. Anything. I know. Yeah. Different offense. Different quarterback. Different quarterback. He had time to develop. Yep, absolutely. All right, we talked about Owen Daniels. Uh, go pick him up. Play him immediately against the Raiders. Immediately. By the way, you want to go super deep. How about Virgil Green? Yep, he, play Daniels, him as well. Owen Daniels was on the regular one. Uh, Virgil Green was on the deep wave. I options, could see so. Virgil Green catching a touchdown. Absolutely. How about Mike Vick with the Steelers? Everyone knows the name. Do they recognize the game? I don't know. I mean, well, he's, he, he's been okay. The reason why you could pick him up this week is, I mean, fact, we talked about the, the missed touchdown Antonio Brown had. Vick would have had a better day. Mm-hmm. However, Monday night, he's got a whole long week going from Thursday night to Monday right. week to prepare. Yep. He gets Martavis Bryant gets Martavis back. Martavis And he's playing San go. Diego, who just gave up like 300-some yards to Josh McCown. Love it. So if Mike Vick can do anything, he can hurl up YOLO balls to Martavis <laughs> Bryant. And one of them will hit. <laughs> one of the best phrases in fantasy the Yolo, uh, and, fo- the and, and in football, uh, the YOLO ball. Um, how uh, about uh, Ted Ginn? Speaking of number uh, one wide receiver, number one, I've, I've been on Ted Ginn for a couple of weeks now, and I'm like waiting for everybody else to catch up. Okay, you know? it's weird thinking about Ted Ginn being the number one receiver for a team not named Ohio State, right? But that's <laughs> the world we're living in right that now. That is the world we live in, Ted. Uh, uh, and, and we were talking about this last year uh, with Kelvin Benjamin. Um, uh, and uh, that's why a lot of people thought maybe Devin Funches was going to do some things. But, again, too raw. Too raw. The, and, and forget about raw. The guy <laughs> the guy cannot catch the ball consistently. It's hard to trust a guy. So, at that point, what do you do? you got to go to somebody else. Ted yep. Ginn. He's All right, let's hit, let's hit one more name. Uh, for the full list, you can go to NFL.com slash waivers, oh, NFL.com slash deep dive. Uh, there's, I, did 30, I covered 37 players this week. Boom. Essentially wow. add. Boom. A lot of work. Uh, Take some of that. Kamar, Kamar Aiken. Owned in less than 1% of leagues. Is this a, is this a hat tip to franchises? Well, is that what this, this is? No, you, this you, is a hat tip. It's a tip. volume play. Well, yeah, and this is a hat tip to the pass catchers on the Ravens being <laughs> drummers from Spinal Tap right now. They're just <laughs> dropping like flies. 
Kamar Aiken is going to be like the number one option for Baltimore this week. So it's a volume play. It's he a scored a touchdown play. last week. Yes. He's been wow. And you know what? It, no, but you know what, though? Really, though? There have been multiple fantasy analysts who have liked uh, Kamar Aiken in this offense. No, absolutely. Matt Franciscovich. Has but been- exactly. See, we go back to the start of the year where uh, our own franchise, Matt Franciscovich, uh, you know, he touted Kamar Aiken as kind of a deep sleeper, and we kind of all chuckled and we snickered. It's become a running joke now. It and has. then last week, it has. We have a you know obviously a text message chain between the, the four of us and the the fantasy fortress, the fantasy stronghold. And the moment he caught a touchdown, just my phone just ping, ping, ping. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, I think he's an interesting. I wouldn't I wouldn't use a waiver priority on him. Not a high one, but no. Go but ahead if you've got a low waiver, or it, you know, if you want to wait till midnight and grab him yeah. off the free agency wire, yeah, absolutely. Or if go you're for in, it. If you're in a free agent acquisition budget, which is the way to play, right? Throw a throw a buck on him. Yeah. <laughs> See if you can snag him. Absolutely. But all right, we should, we should dap it and uh, daily get out of here. daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. All right, daily daps are semi-daily segment of uh, giving props out into the world uh, that we live in. It's not just necessarily football related, although it can be. We'll start with my boy, Marcus Grant. MG, hit me with the daily dap. All right, I'm dapping out to uh, police reports. Um, Police reports. Just because sometimes they can be really, really funny. Like one uh, that hit the interwebs last week from Camp Pendleton in San Diego, California. Beautiful San Diego. Uh, I'll just read from it because it's hilarious. Male Navy enlisted first-class petty officer exited a bar intoxicated in an attempt to drive a POV equipped with a breathalyzer interlock system. You know, one of those things you blow into and it locks up if the uh, if you're yes you're drunk. Suspect was too intoxicated to successfully start the vehicle, so he went into a park where he captured a raccoon rummaging in a trash receptacle. <laughs> what? Individual utilized the raccoon to blow into the interlock system successfully, but the raccoon became unconscious from being oh squeezed my. and was discarded on the floorboard of the vehicle. No. Until a short time later, when the raccoon regained consciousness and began to attack the suspect while driving, causing the vehicle to crash into a oh residential fence. The vehicle came to a complete stop in an in-ground swimming pool. The suspect sustained numerous scratches and bite marks to the hands, face, stomach, and This is arm. in San Diego? This is in San Diego. I mean, it sounded like a Florida story. Absolutely. It had Florida it written like all over Florida, it. But sure. uh, That's in San Diego. San Diego. How do you, wow. How do you squeeze a raccoon? No, 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 no. no. There are so we're, many questions We are missing the, the first part of this, which is how do you capture a raccoon? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's tough, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> How do you ca- and then raccoons are fierce? Well, maybe we're, maybe we've gone even too far there. Like, at what, what at what point in your drunken mind? I give do this you person say, credit. You know for what? Ingenuity. I got to start my car. He's so I'm not calling for anything. I'm not calling Uber. I'm not <laughs> calling my friend. I'm gonna go look for a live animal, capture it, and, and have it blow into this breathalyzer. Probably seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this person was drunk. <laughs> so. But, yeah, police reports can be hilarious. Police reports oh can be hilarious. Oh, my gosh. That is fabulous. So that's my dap. Unreal. All right, Fabiano, give me a dap. Well, of course, uh, go Yankees tonight. Okay. Uh, Take it on the Astros. I'm really uh, not. Masahiro Tanaka. <laughs> Optimistic about it, but uh, hopefully we can, we can get the win. But one of my favorite bands, uh, you probably have never heard of them. Maybe Alex has Seven Dust. If you like heavy metal uh Really melodic, heavy metal, great hooks. They just released an album called Kill the Flaw, and it is awesome. So go out to 
They don't I'm sorry, have, what's it called? Kill the... Kill the flaw. They don't have... Kill the flaw. Kill the flaw. They don't have CD stores anymore, so go to iTunes, I guess. CD stores? I used to love you going to You dated yourself Dude, I used right to go there. and pick CD up cassettes. Stores. Are you can, cassettes. I remember cassettes. Go to the warehouse. Go to Sam Goody. Go to oh, Sam, yeah. right? R.I.P. Sam Goody. That's right. Go out, download Seven Dust, Kill the Flaw. It is awesome. I'm going to try awesome. to find a warehouse near me Do and, and buy a... A CD from the There'll good be luck. a good luck. Right good luck to you, to sir. <laughs> Alex Gelhar, how about right. it? I was thinking about doing this one on Friday, but I'll do it now. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give a daily dap to the U.S. men's national team. They are in Southern California right now, trading for a huge training for a huge US game on Saturday. Men's national team soccer. Soccer. Okay, U.S. Got men's it. national team. That's that's the main one. Uh, they're playing Mexico for a playing game on Saturday at the Rose Bowl. I will be there. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. So daily dap to the boys. Bring yeah, home buddy. the win for us. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I've got like a litany of daily daps here. First, I'll, I'll, I'll shout out uh, my colleague, uh, Matt Money Smith. Uh, I was listening to Petros and Money yesterday, and I, I cannot remember the last time I LOL'd this hard. Uh, listening to a radio show, but man, Petros and Money, they were on fire. Uh, if you have the opportunity, of course, subscribe to us uh, as well. It's a, it's a great, obviously, we've got a great podcast here. But uh, NFL.com slash podcast if you want to subscribe. But um, Petros and Money, I, I would definitely suggest go download the first 15 minutes uh, of their program. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. Uh, Petros had this whole brush your teeth thing. I can't explain it properly on a podcast. I'm just saying... Go look it up. Petros and Money, brush your teeth. Shout out to Money, uh, who's a great great dude and a super funny guy as well. Um, so Daily Dap there. Daily Dap, Ichiro Suzuki pitching, pitching in the season finale. Fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Dude's got a wicked slider. Wicked slider. It was great. Go look that up. Ichiro you. you sound like pitching. you're from the East Coast, Mark. It's great. Uh, Daps, of course, to my Cal Bears taking on Utah. Uh, they're probably going to get slaughtered. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> in the top 25 for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why. That's okay. Uh, undefeated at 5-0, and so go Bears. Uh, Stedman Bailey, touchdown celebration of the year thus far. Uh, Caught the touchdown oh, pass. No, Travis Kelsey's. Fel- Come on, where he punched the I ball. I mean, that was cool. The Donkey Kong thing was great. It's video game reference. But Stedman Bailey caught it. He was getting his legs taken out, so he slides. I know, and then he went and then, did the nap. <laughs> and then he takes a nap on the football. I mean, that would probably be that two was for awesome. me. But Kelsey's was awesome because he was winding up before That's he true. got into the end That's zone. That's true. And then if the stadium wasn't in the way, that ball was probably going to the next county. Very good point. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give that to you. Um, and then my final daily dap goes to, uh, I know I'm going long here, uh, Jim Caldwell memes. The Jim Caldwell memes right now are on fire on Twitter. Go oh, yeah. on Twitter. Go look up Jim Caldwell memes. I don't know if Jim Caldwell's ever changed his expression. <laughs> that is, that's the meme. That's I love the joke. I love the varying degrees of coach faces we have. Like Coughlin's will go from like white as a ghost to red as the lights behind you guys. Absolutely. Jim Caldwell, same expression all the time. Uh, they're great. Coughlin's shock face is the best. Rob Ryan's upset face too is yeah, that's true. That's in, especially if there's they're playing outside and the the wind's blowing it's and the, the hair wind swept the, hair. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But Jim Caldwell memes daily dap there as well. Uh, I right. will give an undap to Stephen A. Smith. You should never be part of the story, uh, and you should not threaten Can, an actual professional player. That's ridiculous. Let's just not bring him up ever. Okay, just black it out. All right. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> All right, for Marcus Grant, Michael Fabiano, and the man behind the glass, the man with the master plan, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gellar. I'm James Coe. We are out. See ya. You go into your shower feeling 
tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.